Hey friends, welcome to the You Are You podcast. My name is Jenny Lien, and I'm the writer and artist behind The Yay Project. Come join in as we encourage each other to celebrate our God-given design, pursue our kingdom calling, and most of all, love God 100%. Can't wait to praise God with you. Hi, Sylvia. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Jenny. Thank you. And so I am just so amazed that we get to have this conversation today. I think I heard of your work first a couple of years ago, but then we had the opportunity to meet at one of your dinners a couple of months ago. And I felt like it was, you know, different generations and people sharing stories of how God is moving in their hearts. And then it ended up, you know, starting with the invite, but it's an opportunity to learn more about human and anti-sex, anti-human and anti-sex trafficking. And then it ended with like a prayer meeting with people encouraging and prophesying. And it was such a lovely evening. Um, but starting there, maybe could I invite you to share a bit about the book that you've just released and a bit of the journey leading up to that? Mm-hmm. No, it was great to meet you at that dinner. And that dinner came about uh, after the recent book launch. We, we've had several book launches. My husband, Matt Friedman, and myself. Um, Matt uh, published a book called Where Were You? A Profile of Modern Slavery. And uh, mine came out about a month uh, before Matt's. And it's called A Long Road to Justice, Stories from the Front Lines in Asia. And, uh, and both of these are memoirs and we write about um, all of our struggles, all of our lessons learned uh, in the long journey of fighting modern slavery. And in my book, I I detail um, my work as a journalist, as a philanthropy advisor for uh, family offices of billionaire families or ultra high net worth families with more than 30 million uh, US dollars or more. And um, also as a filmmaker, uh, a documentary producer, um, and uh, I detail how I came to embrace this calling as an abolitionist and as a writer um, to give a voice to the voiceless and to uh, girls and women who survived uh, the unspeakable. And um, and it it really was on my heart to uh, um, share messages of hope as well in, in this book, A Long Road to Justice, uh, which is really important because uh, writing about these traumatized victims of sex slavery and even historical Japanese military sex slavery can be very depressing uh, and people can switch off. And, uh, and I, I almost did many times. And I, I felt that people who are reading my book can identify with me because I'm, you know, I'm a weak, flawed person. And there were many times when I, I really wanted to give up on this uh, mission, this assignment to uh, bring a voice to the, the voiceless girls and women. Um, but um, I, I had moments where, you know, God encouraged me through people many, many times, even through uh, well-known Christian leaders like John Dawson, uh, who was, uh, I think he's now the uh, overseer of YWAM, 
a global mm -hmm. youth missions body. I had Cindy Jacobs pray over me, Patricia King, uh, and numerous other well-known leaders in the Chinese world, like Pastor Gideon Chu. Um, and uh, anyways, it's, it, it's been a real uh, long, long road, as my title suggests. And, uh, but I'm just so honored uh, to be able to write uh, what I've been told by many is the first kind of uh, textbook uh, that details uh, different forms of sex trafficking and exploitation against girls and women in Asia. And it's really important to document these things because if we don't learn from history, if we don't learn from what, what's been exposed, the evil against girls and women, then it will be repeated. I put out a call to action in my book, and it's especially for uh, professional women. I mean, it's for both men and women, but my hope was that more uh, Asian women would rise up and use the power of their choices and their decision-making to help girls and women who had their choices stolen from them. And um, so what I'm hearing from um, several people here in Hong Kong and even in mainland China and throughout Asia is um, there's like a movement of women rising or what we in the Christian world would call uh, an Esther movement um, named after the, the Esther figure, Queen Esther in the Bible who um, used her influence as the wife of the king and stuck her neck out, you know, even to the point of risking her own life and going in to see him uninvited. And her famous words is an inspiration, even centuries, millennia later, if I perish, I perish. And we need that kind of um, strength and faith and passion to be able to help bring an end to sex trafficking of, of women and girls and, and even boys um, in, in Asia and globally uh, all around the world. Mm. Thank you so much, Sylvia. I loved what you said about like, if I perish, I perish. As you were talking, I was thinking about how um, like your journey, I feel is inspirational to so many people that you oh, have you. like been faithful for like so many years and been through so many different uh, like experiences in life. And I was wondering- yeah, That's nice, experience. <laughs> <laughs> I know what, <laughs> what, what do you call like, you know, going into the darkest brothels? Yeah, it, 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 it was an experience. It was a really scary experience, yeah. <laughs> Um, I love how you're also like passionate about like raising other women up and encourage, encouraging other people to like step into like the Esther experiences that God has for them. And wondering if you could speak more about how you, you started, like, did you grow up in a Christian family? Were you always just this bold and willing to die for God? Or how did, how did your journey <laughs> look like? Love, love the question. <laughs> love the question. Um, I was a Christian from very young. Like I, I'd say even before the age of five, I, I could sense 
there was a God and this God loved me. And um, so I, I grew up in a Christian home and, um, and my, on my father's side, um, uh, the grandma, my paternal grandma prayed for me a lot by name until she went to heaven. And, um, and my mom was a woman of prayer. And I grew up um, watching her pray, hearing her prayers in the closet, literally crying when I was, um, it, you know, in rebellion mode in my early teens, you know, I could literally hear her crying. And, <laughs> and during that period, she told me later on, that she was going to early morning prayer and crying at the front of the church, you know, where everyone kneels at the front and she's like, you know, cr- hanging on to the wooden banister and loosened it so much because she's like, ah, you know, crying out for me to, um, you know, stop uh, partying and rebelling and, and whatever, God knows whatever else I was doing, um, when I was using a fake ID and getting into nightclubs at like 14 or 15 with friends who are a lot older. And um, so it's my mom, it's my, my, my husband. It's um, yeah, it's all, all of those um, early experiences in the church, you know, even my Sunday school teachers, I'd have to credit. There's something really powerful about hearing different Bible stories when you're young um, and I remember in Sunday school, I, I must have been 11, 10, 11 years old. And I remember uh, the pastor spoke about this young mainland Chinese girl who was 13 years old. And she had a dramatic uh, change, a dramatic conversion, and um, believed in God. And then she went on her bicycle from village to village to village to share about Christ. And hearing that, even at that age, I remember crying, I remember crying and, and thinking, wow, that is, is so special. And even to this day, like decades later, I still remember that story. And, and maybe that's how I ended up in China. <laughs> you know, when I, I lived in China for, um, yeah, about over seven years. And, uh, and that was, that was such a life changing uh, time, Mm -hmm. time in, in China, you know, that I wrote about in my book, about (laughs) investigating uh, sex trafficking and interviewing historical Japanese military sex slaves, and then the modern day um, sex trafficking victims. Yeah, I think, um, I think that was maybe one of in the introduction or one of the first chapters of the book where you mentioned, I think Yunnan and how there's this, uh, there's this golden triangle um, area that is um, quite heavy in um, trafficking and, and drugs and, and things like that. And so um, can you share a little bit more about how you went from teenage club going, which I relate to. And I think if you read your story, <laughs> it's not just us, right? There are so many women who yeah. rebelled in their teens and didn't pay attention to all of the Bible stories. And it's just such a beautiful reminder what you just shared for me that like, 
we never know what God is doing when we just share as God leads. Like it's really hard to do Sunday school. Sometimes you don't know what you're doing or you feel like you don't know what you're doing, but God can still plant seeds in people's hearts. And decades later, it can be like a pivotal point on, you know, in, in their journey. And so I think that's just such a beautiful reminder that we don't have to put all that pressure on ourselves. We just enjoy. And I think that's something you mentioned earlier. Like we enjoy doing life with God. We enjoy getting to know him and obeying and then, and then he guides. Um, but yeah, from, from age 15, being in clubs to being in Yunnan with this, I think you were making a documentary and then your life was at risk. <laughs> like how did, um, was there like a pivotal moment that made you have the bravery to go into this field or, or what was the story? Sure, sure. Okay. So I'll first start with, um, so in my late teens, I began to, um, you know, drift away from the faith and I stopped going to church, um, in the 11th and 12th grade. And then I just felt this emptiness inside of me, this real gnawing, uh, painful emptiness, like something really big was missing in my life. And I couldn't put my finger on it. No, duh. Right. <laughs> even, even with not going to, you know, I, it, it took me a while. And, um, and I think it was that emptiness that drove me to um, really seek after God again. And, um, and then I remember, um, I think on, on the the journey back of investigating and wondering, um, you know, is, is it God? And I met uh, a lady on my campus at UBC and she was a campus minister. Um, and she, uh, told me about this missions opportunity in the greater Bay area, San Francisco. And she said, um, yeah, you can go. It's all expense paid. It was through the Southern Baptist convention, believe it or not. And, um, and then I went and I was exposed to um, real dire poverty in the projects in San Francisco and, um, and in other places. And um, I remember that was a very big turning point because I just felt, um, you know, being away from friends for a, a period of about two months, it forced me to confront myself and to really look deep inside of, of, of me and to ask, like, who am I? Um, you know, what are the broken parts of me that, that need healing? And, um, and then one night, I just remember this so clearly in San Francisco, I just felt a real tangible presence of God, you know, as I was praying and crying and realizing, wow, I'm, I'm a lot more broken than I thought. And um, I, that's when I renewed my commitment um, to God. Mm -hmm. And um, so after that trip, when I came back, I was a different person. Um, so the, the minister, Susan, who had put me in touch with this uh, college um, summer mission in the U.S., uh, program she said wow you're glowing and everyone said that I was glowing and even at the church where I began to attend um, 
they all said, yeah, there, there's something different about you. And, um, but I remember thinking, wow, there's nobody in this church I can relate to because I was, you know, the quintessential party girl. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, the other girls, not, not to criticize, but they were very bookish and very, I mean, not, I don't mean to knock that, but we, there was just no commonality um, because I'm bookish too, but outwardly, I guess I, I look like I was very worldly still. And then, um, and then I, I, yeah, I, I pursued God at that time with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then um, shortly after that, uh, because I was volunteering with the youth at the youth group, and then they asked me to be the youth pastor or the youth director of, of the kids there. And uh, I said, yes. And then taking on a responsibility like that, even though I didn't feel ready, I didn't feel qualified or trained, um, but they felt it was me. They felt, I think you're the right person. And, um, and then I took that on. And then that also helped me um, go deeper I love like the many connections that God brings, you know, along, yeah. along our journey. That's awesome. I didn't realize that you uh, worked with youth for a period. Absolutely. Oh, and then I'll, I'll answer the, the second half of your question, which is how did I get the courage to um, go into some of the darkest brothels in, in mainland China? Um, I would say, gosh, it's, it's a good question. I would say it was multiple things. Um, I had uh, gone through rock bottom, a rock bottom experience through a divorce because I uh, married the wrong person. I, I, I rushed into it. And uh, because I felt like at 30, I, don't, I won't have many other chances, which is a huge lie. And everyone around me was getting married, popping out babies. And I was thinking, I better take this into my own hands. Like Hagar, and Abraham <laughs> or Sarah and, and Hagar. Mm. And so I, I made a very cold business decision, which I would regret and deeply. And uh, I, I felt like, okay, here's this guy that I know we've been friends for a while and we look good. So on paper, why not? And, um, and then it turned out to be uh, the wrong thing because he ended up uh, cheating on me um, and we were only married for a year. And, um, and in hindsight, even though that was um, like a painful time, and the reason why it was painful, I have to clarify, it wasn't because I loved that person. It was because I had failed at something. And I was a real perfectionist at that time. And um, what I felt my superpower was in that season of my life was, was achieving, being perfect. Um, and uh, the performance orientation had never been burned out of me at that time because, you know, our, our Asian parents, even though my mom was this amazing superwoman Christian, um, she still had the, you know, oh, you, you, you got an A minus? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. No, that's okay. That's good. You know? And so it's like the subtle things, the subtle things. And it's part of our Asian culture to be performance oriented. And so anyways, to make a long story short, 
I now see that rock bottom experience as the greatest blessing of my life because it led me to really seek what is worth dying for. Mm. What is worth laying your life down for in this life? And it really motivated me more than anything else to find my God-given purpose. And it's in giving my life away. It's in giving love. It's in being a voice for those who are really suffering. So the awesome thing was it took my eyes off of myself and put them on those who deserve it, on the, the hurting, the traumatized, um, those who were languishing in, in sex slavery. Mm. And um, so I wanted to use my uh, talents in gifts as a journalist in philanthropy advising. And uh, so that's what I did. I mobilized. So I wrote about what was going on um, in different articles, in films, and then um, in, a, in my previous book, Silence No More Voices of Comfort Women, and then now in this latest book, A Long Road to Justice, where I wrote it so that I can mobilize people and mobilize um, money, mobilize the, the uh, donors to give and to help eradicate um, this injustice, this evil injustice against girls and women in our day and age. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so honestly and vulnerably. I think it's just so many times, maybe also in Asian cultures, where it's that there's the concept of face, like you don't want to share things that were upsetting or shameful. Um, you know, it can, you know, maybe people want to, but it's just not a comfortable thing. But then when we do share, and especially, you know, like, come all with your God, and let me tell you what he's done for me, like God is in when he's in these moments, and we can share like people can relate. And I think it's really, really helpful. So, so true. It's, that's why I wanted to share the good, the bad, Mm -hmm. and the ugly, the ugliest things, because um, how can people learn if, if I, if, if others don't, don't share about what, what happened to them. And my husband um, said this in an interview um, with CNN's Christy Lou Stout the other day. He said that um, one of the main um, deterrents to other people, um, you know, not, not being informed about slavery is the fact that these enslaved people migrate to different countries for work, and then they come back to their home country, and they don't share their experiences of enslavement and exploitation because of face, mm. because of face. And then, um, so what happens is other people end up going in the same pattern, yeah. right? So it's, it's like this unbroken chain of enslavement. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm more Canadian in some ways, and I struggled with my Korean identity and heritage, uh, which is also something I wrote about in my book. And, um, but I think it's the more Canadian side that went out <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay to share, you know, what you know, the, the deepest, darkest parts of myself. I I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. okay. 
No, I love that. I think I totally relate to And I think it's funny that like we're both Canadian, but we're both in Hong Kong at this moment, just willingly sharing about like, yeah, I mean, I think it maybe started with the the rock bottom moments of our lives. And then as we've obeyed, like God has brought, you know, other other areas that we can speak about. And so now you are speaking and raising awareness about um, anti-human and sex trafficking and like banks, you're advising people who have um, like philanthropy initiatives, people who have wealth, you're also speaking with people who don't know anything about the topic. And there's just so many different areas where God has placed you and you're willing to speak out. And I think in this day and age, um, it's like such an obvious thing. It's like almost not worth saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, that like people, it's easy to be influential in some way, shape or form, whether it's in person, whether it's online. I think it's something that more and more people want. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like if God gives us influence, it can be used for his glory, right? When we look at the Bible, a lot of the Bible is like kings and people with land and people with a lot of resources. And so it's like, how can we steward everything well and so I was wondering if you have any advice for for maybe people who are searching for practical steps on how to surrender their goals and their desires and their talents people who may not be at the like god take everything stage or maybe they were once but are now feeling a little bit stuck like they want to go back to where they were Javani I would say um, anchor yourself uh, in a home group with, with uh, an accountability group and um, anchor, anchor yourself in a good church community. So that's part of the home group. Um, and in that accountability group, um, you, you must um, try to remember humility humility and um so when we are humble and prayerful i i recommend praying uh daily and reading uh the word daily and uh as we have that intimate relationship uh with god um out of that is the overflow out of our hearts but it's, it's really important to remain humble because um, you alluded to the social media world where, where people can shine, people can promote themselves. And um, I always have to check myself and, and, and ask, you know, when I'm, when I'm sharing certain things about something good that happened, like even about my, my feature film uh, that's, be, that's in development based on my book. Um, I have to, uh, I'm mindful, I, I need to be humble uh, about it. And um, so I, I try to um, ask my husband or my friends, uh, you know, am I being too prideful uh, lately? Or <laughs> I'll ask them for feedback. And um, they're really good in, um, you know, in, in keeping me in line in speaking into my life and uh, make sure you're not too busy uh, because when we get really busy it's it's very tempting to uh, you know either burn out or uh, take things into our own hands and uh, and then we forget about our faith 
And um, I would say practicing the disciplines of uh, prayer, regular prayer in the morning, uh, reading the word, uh, studying the word. I, I'm part of a, a, a Bible study group right now um, with my senior pastor, and it's it's an amazing experience. And um, so that's that's what I would recommend that um, people really have that accountability because any one of us can go off in a weird direction. So that's that's what I would say is the reason why I went into some of the scariest places and lived to tell about it because he, he helped me and it was part of my calling uh, to be a voice for the voiceless and yeah. to tell the world about what they're going through. Yeah, thank you. I, I love that focus on humility. Oftentimes God doesn't give us like, this is your life. I mean, does he ever, this is your life plan, but like we get it when we seek him and we obey and then he gives us more. And then we look back and it's like, wow, I never could have imagined this. Like God doesn't make it complicated for us. Like he's given us the Bible. He's told us what to do. We, we do it. And then, and then things, things are good. Thank you for listening to the URU podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode. Let's share God's love together. For podcast updates, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow Yay Podcast on Instagram. For reflections and art, follow the.yay.project on Instagram. Sending you lots of love and let's praise God together again next time.